Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. I hope everybody enjoyed their Thanksgiving holiday. It is now the appropriate time of year. You may set up your Christmas trees. I give you permission. Let's not start with the music yet. Let's wait until December, but we can ease into it. Um, but I hope everybody enjoyed their Thanksgiving um, I hope everybody enjoyed the fact that the moon was in a waxing gibbous, so that meant it was impossible for the lions to get a win. Hope everybody mm. bet appropriately. I'm sure astrology girls were on top of that, um, as they are normally on top of NFL betting lines. So Absolutely. That, that was good news. If you did have an astrology girl at your Thanksgiving, she could absolutely give you that advice. The bad news is if you had that uncomfortable uncle who wants to turn the conversation political, the games were so bad Thanksgiving Day that you might have rather listened to him talk, but maybe not. Um, either way, I hope you had a good time. Mm. And I had a good time because the Chiefs won and I got to eat a lot of food and I got to hang out with my girlfriend, which are three of my favorite things to do. So, Aww. yeah, yeah. Aww. Notice how I... I definitely ordered that wrong. David, can you fix that in post, please? Can you put the hanging out with my girlfriend at the front of that statement? Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll switch that Thank around you. for sure. Thank you. Really appreciate it. But we're going to talk about the last week of football games, week 12 of the NFL season, and then we're going to preview week 13, and then I'm going to ask David a random Christmas movie question, and then we're going to say goodbye. So stick around. We're going to try to keep this bad boy to an hour since we haven't done that in forever. So... Good luck to us. All right, David. We didn't record a podcast last week. Um, partially because it was Thanksgiving week and we were both going to be really busy. I think I'd be lying if I said the decision to not record wasn't also motivated by the fact that I did not want to talk about the Chiefs' loss to the Eagles because I was still so annoyed and upset about it i think we both were it's clear that the wide receivers were a big problem we were not happy with the way that they ended it had been i think four weeks to that point since the chiefs had scored points in the second half of a football game um which is insane and then they started this raiders game on sunday and it looks like they're doing it again except this time they're gonna suck in the first half too first two drives are terrible. Um, the Raider were lucky that the Raiders went for a field goal instead of going for it on fourth down and missed that field goal. So they had three drives. Chiefs only had two. They ended up with two touchdowns. They were up 14 to nothing. And I'm watching this game in Springfield thinking, should I just leave early and drive home? Because if I just watch the rest of this game, I'm just going to get upset. And then the offense started to click. Started to get Rasheed Rice involved, seem to get guys out in space one-on-one, -on -one, get them get them open. And then the Chiefs, the rest of the game, scored 31 points. And the Raiders scored three points. So obviously things worked out for the Chiefs in that scenario. What do you think was different? about the offense, and do you believe this is a trend that's going to continue for the rest of the season? Man, I hope so. Um, I saw this tweet, and I'm claiming it um, because I agree. And I think this like worked out actually in the Chiefs' favor, weirdly enough, 
But I think McCall Harmon and Kadarius Tony being hurt and out uh, actually kind of helped us, and not anything to do with them as players or just as people. I think having less options at receiver actually made us better, if that made sense. Like, maybe I hope this was intentional, and I hope it wasn't like, well, we got to put Rasheed out there because we don't have anybody else right now. But, like, if that is the case, it forced Rasheed Rice to play more and then look at the game that he had, you know? So uh, maybe it's by chance, and, you know, hopefully they see this in film and, and maybe make this realization. I trust Reed. He's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, but, like, hey, you had less options. And, honestly, the uh, the targets for this team is kind of how it should be. Um Rasheed Rice was first, 10 targets, 8 receptions, 170 yards, and a touchdown. Kelsey sitting at second place. You know, he's he's not needed to be the first. He doesn't need to be the most targeted, but he's sitting there second. 7 targets, 6 catches, 91 yards. Sky only had 3 targets, but he caught all 3 passes, 34 yards. I don't know if you remember this play. Sky had a really nice play there on that right side uh, mm-hmm. of the field in the flat. Got him, out, really... got him out in space, and he took Marcus Peters one-on-one. and Man, really nice juke edge. move. Got him mm-hmm. cut, actually. That's just awkward. And then Pacheco is hanging out. Like, that's a really good, really, really good stat line, I think, for me. And, uh, you know, I we've been saying this, and well, let's be honest, like, we're wrong 98% of the time. We're being, like, just fans, Twitter, it's Monday us. morning quarterback. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, easy. We can say all this, but we're wrong 98% of the time. But it feels good to be like, we need to get Rasheed Rice the targets. And it, it, they did, and it look, kind of look what happened. So um, that is nice to see, and I think it was the difference. I will say, though, like, you know, when we were down 14 to nothing, I texted you this, yeah, the group chat. I was like, how much more motivation does this team need to play well? Because I was just, I think we were all just stumped. Like you said, this is bad. TJ said, I'm so sad right now. And I was like, how much more motivation does this team need? Like, you know, the best team in the NFC, biggest game of the regular season, arguably, now with Burrow being hurt. And they, they kind of dropped that game. And it's an AFC West opponent. All right, we lost last week. We'll get back this week. We're better. We're focused. Let's do this. And then to have that start. And I, I think we were all wondering that even before I sent that text of like, okay, what's it going to take is and i said my next text was maybe we're just average this year because like you think at this point they would have turned it on um Mm -hmm. and thankfully and hopefully i'm wrong uh, i i was talking to somebody i want to see this against the packers if i see another week in a row of like the offense being good then i think i'll trust it um i'm not just going to go all in again after seeing it in 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 three quarters of football so Mm -hmm. Maybe this is what they needed. Um, maybe Josh Jacobs ripping a 60-yarder in Vegas going crazy for whatever reason uh, was the thing that woke them up. Um, because, yeah, they looked they looked good. Um, I don't expect Rasheed Rice to carry this team as a receiver one. He is a rookie, but he is learning, and he is getting better. So who's mm-hmm. to say, you know, who's mm-hmm. to say he can't make some noise? So I, I like what I saw. This team, you know, 35 minutes, you know, the last 35 minutes of this game, I, I really liked what I saw from this team, both even in, even in the defense. Um, even Snead, like, had a rough first half targeting Devontae one-on-one. But I don't think Devontae caught a pass in the second half. No, I should um, And the defense really just looked good. So mm-hmm. we've, we've seen bits of this team look the best it has. I think 
And then, you know, like last week, first half was the best the team had played all year. Second half was the worst they'd played all year. First quarter, maybe up there for the worst they've looked. And then this second half was like, this is the team that we're used to. This is the team that's won two Super Bowls uh, in four years and stuff. So, yeah, I, I hope it lasts. I really do because it was fun watching that, and you can just tell that they're having a lot more fun, obviously, when things are clicking like they used to. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I think that it's pretty obvious that they're going to give Rishi a bigger role. I think they're you've got to just look at it and see the fact that um, he is a rookie. He um, had two two technically drops in that game. I think one of them was kind of a not very generous drop when it's the screen pass that Mahomes threw kind of on a rush at his ankle. Like, yeah. yes, it, the ball hit him in the hands, but like, one, even if he does catch that, he realistically doesn't do anything with the ball anyway. And yeah. two, it just, just was not a good ball. The other one he did drop would have given them a first down and it hit him. Yeah, it's not that was really a drive it. killer. That that ended that drive really, which yeah. sucked. Um, and so he's gonna have to work on that. That was his calm coming out of SMU though. Like Rasheed Rice makes the amazing catches. He's got the speed yards after catch. But there's sometimes where you look at him and you're like, you just missed a like a wide open target. What, what what's going on? Why? How did you not catch that? And I think he's still gonna work on yeah. that. I agree with you. It seemed like they simplified the offense. I think after the first two drives, the first couple of drives they were doing like the swing passes and like. Uh, a lot of one read plays where like Mahomes throws the ball to this guy. That's just what he's doing. He's throwing it to Pacheco on a swing pass. He's throwing it to Rice on a wide receiver screen. He's like not really giving him the option. And then it seemed like we started to run a little bit more plays where we give him the option. Mm -hmm. And Pacheco didn't have an amazing game running the football. I mean, he was 50 carries, 55 yards. It's like a, Less than four yards a carry average. That's not great. But he was getting involved. They were committing to the run in certain spots. And when they got down to the goal line, which is what I love, you just freaking push the ball in. like they're, Right to Pacheco, and he got in. Pacheco yeah. scored a touchdown on that Mahomes screen pass. Should have counted. I wish they would reviewed it, but he got it anyway. Should have reviewed know. it. But Andy was like, screw it. We're going to get the yard anyway. Run him up to the line. I'm sure he probably had a coach yelling in his ear like, oh, my gosh. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We mm -hmm. got it. We got it. Like, challenge it. Challenge it. And he's like, nah, screw it. Run up to the line and immediately gets it in. Like, that's that's what I want them to be doing. It seems like maybe they just simplified things. And I think that I think you had a good point in that when McColl and Tony are out, like, it forces the offense to be simpler. You don't have those, like, dynamic guys that – I think maybe you could say open up the playbook a little bit more, but also complicate the playbook a little bit more. And yeah. yes, Andy Reid is like the master at like offensive scheme and the best coach on the planet at doing that. But sometimes it's nice to just simplify the offense and let your quarterback who is the best quarterback in the league, just be the best quarterback in the league. And I think that's what happened. It wasn't perfect obviously, but it was nice to see them get 30 points. Like, honestly, it just felt really good to see that. Um, score line and then the defense did its job again i mean the, the defense held the team to under 20 points again which is yeah. what the defense has done um eight of the 11 games this year they have still yet to let me see here they they just I have, the most points they've allowed is 24 
which once again, I think it's their the second in the league in that capacity. Game. There's only like, two teams that have allowed up more than less than 25 points, and it's Chiefs, and I do not know the other team at the moment. And just like just like the offense seemed to adjust and wake up, the defense also woke up um, and clearly started playing better. Also, I think like Aiden O'Connell started that game as hot as I've ever seen oh my Aiden gosh. O'Connell play in his entire life, including the college games that I've watched. He's never played that well, and yeah. so it was like this is not going to last. I just don't, I don't see a see a world in which. And he still ended up playing well. I mean, he only threw one touchdown pass, and yeah, but his completion percentage was in the high sixties, but he still played pretty well. Definitely better than he's played sometimes this year, but yeah, it was just nice yeah. to see them get that win, especially by double digits. Yeah. Uh, this was a snap count. Uh, and I, I want to get your thoughts on it. Rice was in first. He had 40 snaps on offense. Watson, 34, Sky Moore, 34, MVS, 32, Richie James, nine, Darnell Washington, two. So it's Rice, Watson, Moore, MVS. What are your thoughts on that? snap share i mean i think that's right for what's been happening um i don't know if mvs was just getting punished or he just wasn't going to fit in the scheme i think mvs makes a lot more sense when comboed with guys like mccall and tony because he's supposed to do something different i we didn't have a podcast last week but my feelings about mvs have been known for a while i think he has the potential but i don't think he's ever shown it and he's played with two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time so yeah. it's not really at this point like it's a him thing. And yeah, again, like I don't <laughs> Justin Watson is fine, but Justin Watson being our wide receiver two, which he did catch a touchdown pass in this game, and being our wide receiver two still makes me eh. I think Rice could develop into a one, but like I it'd just be nice to have another guy, you know? Because Travis also, here's the here's the sad thing. This could be it for Travis. Mm. You think he's retiring after this year? He's said he's very open to it. I think if, especially if they go out well, obviously winning a Super Bowl is that, but I, I think he seriously considers it, especially if Jason retires. Mm. I don't think he plays much longer than Jason does. And um, he's already created a successful like off the field stuff. His, you know his podcast obviously and his media he's persona got a, just he's got a girl now is pretty is it's pretty substantial so i don't see him sticking around for a long time much longer maybe a couple of years at max but they're gonna have to replace him and they're gonna need like a good number one target because yes i absolutely believe that the Chiefs can get it done. Patrick Mahomes can get it done without like a perennial Hall of Famer, like the one of the greatest talents of all time in Travis Kelsey. But he's still gonna need somebody else. Yeah. He's still gonna need Tom Brady lost Gronk, but he had Julian Edelman, you know? Like he may not we may not be able to replace Travis Kelsey, but we need a solid, like number one guy that he can still rely on. And so yeah. Um, we're going to have to do that this offseason or the next. I'm going to give you five names. These guys are wide receivers who are going to be free agents uh, in this next season. And mm-hmm. I need you to pick one guy of this five that you hear that you're like, he's the top guy I'd want. All right. T. Higgins, Michael Pittman Jr., Mike Evans, Marquise Brown, Calvin Ridley. 
Higgins. Yeah. Um, Pittman. I think Pittman could be really good. I just I think we've seen more from T. Higgins played in more big games too. Not that like Pittman couldn't do that, but he hasn't had the yeah. opportunity to on the Colts. Evans is too old. Yeah. Um, like Mike Evans is a Hall of Famer certified. Like he's amazing, but he's. I just don't think they want to invest in that. I they need somebody who's going to be there a couple of years. I think. Um, and I so, honestly, honestly really I like think, Calvin Ridley. I like Ridley too, uh, but I just I think Higgins is is better. The problem is, and this has always been the case, like Travis Kelsey is our number one target. Yes, I know. He's the best, he's the best pass catcher we have, regardless of position. He's clearly the best pass catcher we have. He gets paid like a tight end. Tight end get tight ends get paid much less than wide receivers. And the Chiefs obviously have shown that they're not willing to shell out a lot of money for a wide receiver. Historically, wide receivers, especially good ones, get like way overpaid. I don't know that Higgins would necessarily be in that echelon, um, but Mike Evans certainly would probably get like a monster one year. And I would imagine that Ridley is probably going to do the same. And so that's going to be the obstacles. Are the Chiefs going to want to pay? Now, if Kelsey's not on the payroll, you have more money. Yeah. But I, they're probably like the the bad thing about the wide receivers is that what you get Travis Kelsey for, you probably won't even be able to get one of those guys for. Like the market for them is going to be higher, which is crazy to say because you're like, no way Michael Pittman Jr. is as valuable as Travis Kelsey. That's true, except in the NFL market, he actually is more valuable oftentimes. Hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think where I'm just hung up is like, man, I are we willing? And I'm not saying this year's a waste because it very well could not be. But are we willing to waste another year of prime Patrick Mahomes because we, we're cheap? You know what I mean? Like uh, Veach, I understand. You know, and I understand we're 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 as a franchise, we are growing. You know, we're not. I wouldn't even necessarily consider us one of the smaller small market teams anymore. I think us winning Super Bowls, I believe, actually our overall value has actually raised quite a bit. Um, we're still not. You know, uh, we're not top 10 by any means. We're not a Cowboys franchise, but um, I just feel like you got to be willing to spend some money. Um, like give Mahomes just one guy, right? Give your the best quarterback that your franchise has ever seen and probably ever will see. Just give him one guy, you know, and if we got to spend a little bit, let's do it. I just, I just don't want Mahomes to get frustrated because there's just, you know, off-brand Wheaties just always around him. Like, let's give him the main brand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I I definitely understand it. I think that they probably know that. Um, it's just you're going to have to do the thing where you just got to start plugging and like hoping that you got guys who are going to develop. And you can count on Mahomes to develop them. But that's, that's clearly where they're headed is like they know that like they need Rice to be a good number one because they need to get the four years out of the rookie deal that they can get on him before he leaves to go somewhere else and get paid more money. And that's just what happens when you become one of those championship rosters. But if you look at it, that's what's so good about our defense right now is they're all young. So they can afford to spend money on the offense. I think a little bit more now, obviously Chris Jones is skewing that a little bit, 
But aside from Chris Jones, there's not like a huge high paid guy on there. We'll see what happens with Snead though. Snead is going to be a free agent, but I think it's pretty telling that they didn't re-sign Snead to that like really big contract extension that he was kind of hoping for. They they chose to wait. Um, I don't know if that was a prove it thing or what, but they also got rid of Traverius Ward before they were going to have to pay him. Um, I he's looking pretty be, good this year. I don't yeah. think it'd be out of the question for them to do that. Same thing with Snead because they probably believe that they already have a guy in waiting who can be the number one. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's tough though. He's, he's guarding every receiver one this year. I mean, he's facing the best of the best and really like, he's really like, he's doing a pretty good job. And he even said like, I'm going to get penalized more. I'm okay with that. I'm a physical guy and I'm not going to stop being physical. Like I respect that. Like whenever you're playing Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase, Stefan Diggs, like boom, boom. Like I, he, I think this year he's almost proven it. Like it's like, and and again, we got to make decisions. There's just not unlimited money, but it's like Veach yeah. is like, man, do we have a guy that can guard the top five receivers one-on-one every single game? Cause that's valuable to have. I mean, you know, yeah, probably. But don't you think they probably think that guy's Trent McDuffie? Well, true. They probably think yeah, is Trent arguably better than Snead? Well, and I don't know if he is now, but I think that they're probably thinking, well, yeah, in two years he might be, and he's going to be way cheaper. Man, McDuffie's good, and he's he's got a he he reminds me in this way of Marcus Peters. He just knows where the ball is, like he's got a nose for the football. Uh, But even his blitzes, more comfortable with. Oh my goodness! But yeah, his blitz. He's one of the best blitzers in the league. He's really good. I'm really excited about what he could be, but I don't know. Like, I I'm also lower on Willie Sneed than most people. I think yes, he's a very good corner, but I do think he just like he he is the second or third most penalized player in the league. Like it, he does. I think he's second behind another Chiefs player. I think it's he's behind Juwan Taylor, which yeah. you could argue the same thing for Juwan Taylor because they showed that Juwan Taylor has like the lowest pressure. Um, or the longest time from snap to pressure of any starting tackle in the league. Yeah. Also leads the league in holding calls. And I think Snead's probably pretty good at getting away with a lot of holds and a lot of PIs. And so he's probably getting called on. I, I bet he's doing it quite often and not getting called as much. Yeah. But it's still like, there's a, nothing really more infuriating than being like big third down stop. Here's the yellow flag. And then Snead was holding a wide receiver who wasn't getting the ball anyway, you yeah. know, which but, it used to be a lot worse though. I mean, remember like there's a time where we're like, there's probably a flag and there was, that's how like often, uh, well, Orlando I'm Skandrick. Of, I'm thinking of that, uh, <laughs> Steven Nelson, game, the end of that Raiders game when they got what, like three or four untimed downs because the chiefs kept holding in the end zone. Yes. And then, the same thing happened against the Chargers too. Like, yeah, well, was it Steven Nelson or Orlando Skandrick or uh, something like do that? Do not say those names to me. Do not, <laughs> do not say those names. Uh, Obviously, the defense is getting better, but I don't know if they're going to give Snead a massive contract. I think he's going to be kind of sought after as a free agent. He'll be the top cornerback, probably hitting the market, especially if the defense continues to do what it does and they have a good playoff run, because. Obviously, Chris Jones is going to be number one in getting that credit, I think. And number two is probably going to be Snead because yeah. he's the other most consistent guy because um, Nick Bolton is now not playing. So I think Snead's going to get and more of the credit. He's back 
somewhat soon, right? December. In December, sure okay. It's December. He's well, here's the thing. The December. If the Chiefs didn't give Tyreek that money, if the Chiefs didn't give Chris Jones that money. Uh, right, they're not going to do it are, for Legereus. No, like, I, like it's I, it's Mahomes, Kelsey, and then it was either Tyreek or Chris that the number third most valuable person on this team, and they didn't even give them the money. So it's like, well, what's like and what's there to believe that they're going to give these guys that money? You know what I mean? I mean, I think Veach comes from the old style. Um, and it's worked to him so far. He's like, you can always draft a guy, spend money, spend money protecting your most valuable asset. Who protects him? Travis Kelsey doesn't really protect him blocking wise, but Travis Kelsey protects Patrick Mahomes because he gives him an outlet to throw to at all times. You know who yeah. else does? The offensive line, which is why he's willing to spend money on Joe Tooney and why he's willing to go out and spend money on Jawan Taylor and why he's willing to go and do that. I think that he's probably going to continue to do that. We Which I'm keep okay in with. Mind, Creed Humphrey is that going way. to get a massive, like, it's a center, so he's not going to get as big of a contract as, like, a tackle or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's going to get a massive contract. He's so Humphrey good. Creed is the best center in the league outside of Jason Kelsey. Oh, so, so good. You know, those are going to come up. That's the There's a gift and a curse with having great young talent. The gift is that it's cheap. When uh, when it happens right now, the curse Until is that it's not. you're going to have to make a decision about almost all those guys, and they're going to hit around the same time. They're not staggered, yeah. So they're going to have which some I'm, of those, but which I'm okay with that. In regards to the offensive line, like I want Mahomes to be healthy, keep him healthy, pay the offensive line, and build that first and foremost because well, I want and, I want Mahomes to be healthy. You know, and they they learned their lesson. It lost them a Super Bowl, and it wasn't like they weren't spending money on that offensive line. But that Buck Super Bowl they lost because of the offensive line. Yep. The offensive line was terrible. Wide receiver core played pretty bad that game too. But the offensive line was terrible. Mahomes was running for his life on every single play. And yeah. they corrected that. And, you know, it took a little bit. It was a little, eh. All right. Certain times. And it's still, there's still some times where I'm like, golly, what's going on? Like, Juwan Taylor, if you could not hold every play, I'd love that. But, or the uh, the dumb false start, dude. I all Thanksgiving I was sitting back just watching teams get that early jump, and it wasn't called. I was like, why? Just Jawan Taylor just continually gets targeted for that, and it's not getting called anywhere else. Yeah. Um. But whatever. That's frustrating. But you know, and that is another thing. Like this offensive line was bad, and Veach rebuilt it in a couple of years. Our quarterback play was pretty bad. Veach rebuilt that. So like, and our defense, he, our defense was terrible. We had yeah. the worst defense. Or one of the three worst defenses in the league. Every year we were making it to the AFC Championship game, despite so like, having the bad defense. If Veach puts that much effort into those things, I think this offseason we'll see a pretty, you know, healthy uptick in the receiving core. He's gonna maybe not find, you know, Calvin Ridley for however many million dollars a year, but he might pick up a good, pretty decent guys, and then might draft another. Like I think we're gonna see some attention to that receiving core um, because when we've seen a lack. Of skill at other positions, Veach is taking care of it. So why wouldn't he do it here? You know. Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious that he's going to do that. And every it also it's every team has their weak link. Yeah, like the the Philadelphia Eagles have the best record in the league. Their secondary is not great, and they have some injury problems. You know, every every team has something that isn't the best. The the only team you can point to. Where you're like, well, there's no glaring holes, the 49ers. And we've already talked about that. The hole is 
eventually it's it's probably the quarterback. You know, that's a certain point. The Chargers, it's the freaking coaches. And speaking of glaring holes, for the Bills, it's playing soft zone against the Philadelphia Eagles at the end of a game. What the heck were they doing? I don't know, man. Were they trying to lose that game? What are they doing? Like everybody, I don't know anything about defensive coverages. I mean, I know what I know whether a team is in man or zone. I can tell you whether a team is in nickel if you give me enough time to make sure I can count the defensive backs that are on the field. I I I know that you can't play soft zone at the end of a game like that against that offense with those wide receivers and that quarterback. That's not going to work. They're going to gash you so much. And then they they came out and played they not only did they play soft leading to a long admittedly great kick by Jake Elliott. Yeah. They then came out in overtime and played incredibly soft as well. I You think the Bills would have learned from a game that happened not too long ago? It's the game known around the world as the 13 second game. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this up. They had 20 seconds left in the game. They had a timeout. And they had arguably the most talented quarterback in the league. Um, and they take a knee and go to the end of the game. I, that, that blew me away. Like they had one, they had a, they, they, it wasn't even like, oh, we got no timeout. They had a timeout in their pocket. Let's see. They started at 25. So 20 seconds, you got a timeout, you got one of the most gifted quarterbacks that we've seen in a while, really. Josh Allen, his arm ability, his ability to run, he's gifted. Mm-hmm. You got Stephon Diggs, you got Gabe Davis, who three times a year has like a game of the century, and it felt like this game was another just game for him. And they, and Sean McDermott says, no, nah, let's take a knee and go to OT. Like, I, I don't understand that at all. And Josh was playing well. Also, something you said, they had one timeout. They should have had two. Because Sean McDermott, I hate when coaches do this. Everybody, I don't know who came up with it. Who came up with icing the kicker? Everybody has decided that that is the way to go. And I understand doing that. If the clock is stopped, you are not going to use that timeout for anything other than you just want to throw this kicker's momentum off, do whatever you can. That's fine. The Eagles were running their special teams unit out onto the field. To kick a field they were goal. rushed. They were rushing out there. And then you call a timeout and let them set up. Yes, you're like, well, now he has to think about this kick more. You know what's much worse than standing there thinking about the kick? Trying to probably sprint out there and check in the play clock to make sure you're going to have enough time to get the dang thing For off. For a 61-yarder in the rain. Or, or like, else you're going to get a five-yard penalty. And if you do, you're out of field goal range because you're not kicking a 66-yarder. No. So he didn't need to use that timeout. Saves that timeout. And then, then you have 20 seconds. 25 seconds and two timeouts, which means that you can run a play down the sideline or you can, you can run a play in the middle of the field. You can run whatever deep pass you want, call a timeout and then run another play wherever you want. Call a timeout to try to get in field goal range. Yeah. It's not a guarantee, but again, like you said, you have Josh Allen, one of the what five best quarterbacks in the league who was balling out. Yeah. He he was one of his best games of the year. 
absolutely. He was playing. He was playing really well against the Eagles. And he yeah, had he had four a, touchdowns. He, yeah, he had a he had a bad pick, but they threw the ball fifty one times. He had three hundred yards, two touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns. He almost had he had eighty one yards on the ground. So I mean, Jeez, yeah, he kind of for over four hundred yards himself in this game. Yeah, and like you said, Gabe Davis was playing well. Like I, I just it's time for McDermott to go. I was gonna say like I think like we've been kind of blaming him. Did it feel like this was the first time after a, a Bills loss we were like, McDermott, that's on you, bud. Like Maho- like Allen no. didn't throw that red zone pick or this or that or have you been have you think it's been noticeable before this? No, or not I, at don't, all? I think I think it has been noticeable before this because I think they keep losing close games. And when you keep losing close games like that, when you have more talent than the other teams that you are losing to, then it is a problem. You should not. So then, be, is this the Bills that we should not expect? Be, you should not be losing close games to the Patriots. Yeah. You know, is, is this is this the Bills to expect? In like it, I think until they get. Rid, I think, and I don't think McDermott's a terrible coach. This is not Adam Gase. Okay, this is not a guy who's awful and and shouldn't have a job in the NFL. I don't. I don't think that at all. But I think it's clear that this is not working. And the decision-making in late-game situations has not been great for him. And this team is 6-6. Six and six, And they're in danger. They're, they're going to have to... They can lose one more game. If they don't get to 10 wins, they're not making the playoffs. The 7 seed in the AFC is going to have 10 wins. Just with based on the current records of everybody right now, they're going to have ten wins. Uh, Nathan, you mentioned they can only lose uh, one more game. Do you mind if I read their schedule? Please do. At the Chiefs versus the Cowboys, at the Chargers versus the Patriots, at the Dolphins. So they have to win really, all but possibly one. Really, what you're looking at is you got to win two out of three against the Chiefs, Cowboys, and Dolphins. There is zero and, evidence to points to me that they're going to be able to do that. And you could say, like, well, at least they have the Patriots. They already lost to the Patriots this year, so that's not going to be a cakewalk, apparently. And the Chargers, who, yeah, I mean, the Chargers will probably find a way to lose it at the end of the game. So I guess that one, you just put a W on the schedule for them. But the Cowboys play well against teams that are inferior to them. Talent-wise. And they're at home. Cowboys play and good at home. at home. Cowboys play really well at home. You gotta play the Chiefs. Who knows what Chiefs we're gonna get? I know we say this: we're negative about our team, we're positive about our team, we're negative about our team, whatever. Blah blah blah. We're still, we still have for the majority of the time had Buffalo's number, um, and they're having a bad year, and we're having a better year than them. And the Dolphins, uh, the Dolphins, who are probably circling this game at the end of the year because the Bills are the only team to really embarrass them this year. Chiefs beat them. Dolphins almost came back in that game. The Bills embarrassed the Dolphins, truly embarrassed them. And so I think that game's going to be scheduled. Now, what helps them is the Dolphins might not be playing for anything because yeah. they're oh, probably going to have the East wrapped up in the next couple of weeks. And once they get the East wrapped up, they'll be playing for seeding. But they are, we have the tiebreaker over them. And I don't know that it, they really care that much between the two and the, like the four seed, that there's going to be that much of a difference. So they might not be playing for much then, but you you have to win. You have to win against the Cowboys or Chiefs, I think, to have a sh- – if, if they yeah. don't win one of the next two games, there's no way 
no way they make the playoffs. Well, I'd argue, just for the sake, I would argue that two AFC teams are the most important. Because think about like head-to-heads. Like if you don't beat the Chiefs, like okay, or the Dolphins, like okay, you lose the head-to-head there. You lose the head-to-head there. Your guys are tied with the Ravens or whatever, but you now conf- you lose because of conference record. Yeah, like conference, it's, conference record and division record could also hurt you as well. Tough hole to get yourself out. Which is out why of. it's tough that they um, lost to the Patriots too. That's a division game yeah. that you just don't want to drop. This is get, may come back yeah. to bite the Chiefs. This is why the Chiefs need to win out in the division because they lost the Broncos, which is not going to help them. Although, it does help though, as rough of this in playing like the three and four uh three and four seed jags and dolphins like they have the head-to-head over which is really nice to have playoff oh, wise yeah, absolutely. You know? their problem is, is are the ravens gonna lose enough games and they won't play the ravens this year so they can't take that you know head-to-head right you, but, but the you know ravens crazy? are gonna have a little bit of a, i think the ravens will have a worse division record than we will well they and they still they have the Rams, which they can be feisty with the healthy Stafford. But they play at the Jags, at the Niners, and then they have Dolphins and the Steelers. Who, the Steelers? I, I don't know, dude. Don't who know knows? what to make of the Steelers, but Ooh. they're the five seed right now. Who the heck knows? Uh, real quick before we move on from the Bills, with that loss being six and six, six as of now, the Chiefs now do not play a team over five hundred for the rest of the season. It's just Which crazy. Is wild. Because you were looking at this Chiefs schedule um, before and you were looking at the back half and you were saying, like, oh, it's an absolute gauntlet. Yep. Because they just got to play so many good teams right in a row. And now was our best stretch of the season when we had to go Broncos, Chargers, Broncos, Dolphins, Eagles. <laughs> and we went three and two. Like, yeah, I, I also learned that up into this point Chiefs are the second most difficult schedule now like adjusted mm-hmm. and um so it's like and it's just crazy how like ebb and flow the season is and how really how little we know before the season starts of like what the teams will look like because it's like it's just been a 180 you know what I mean yeah well uh, speaking of 180s I want to talk about this team real quickly before we make our picks I'll try to make it fast the Denver Broncos are six and five they lost their first three games they got trounced. They lost 70 to 20. They beat the Bears, terrible team. Then they lost again and again. They started they they're one and five after that loss to the Chiefs on Thursday night. And they have now won five straight. They haven't beat the best teams. They did beat the Chiefs. But they beat the Packers. They beat the Bills. They beat the Vikings. They beat the Browns. Now the Browns we're just, I don't know what Stefanski's doing either. When we're talking about coaching decisions, Stefanski just run the ball, dude. I, what are you doing? I, I don't understand. Why are you throwing the ball that many times with your backup quarterbacks when you could easily run it? That seems like obvious to me, yeah. but maybe I'm dumb. But they won five in a row, and they don't really have a, it's not like they have a gauntlet at the end. This Texans game is going to be important. I think if they lose this Texans game, that could be a real problem for them because they're both going to be in the same position record-wise and the Texans having a head-to-head over them is going to be a big deal if they lose. So that this Texans game is very important. But then they have the Chargers, a team I fully believe they can beat. A Lions. I hate to say this, but I don't know where the Lions are anymore. The The Patriots, a team they definitely can beat. The Chargers again. And then the Raiders. Like I would say of those last the way that they're playing right now of the last six games on their schedule four of them they should win 
if they do that, if they win four of those games, they're probably making the playoffs. Did you ever think the Broncos were going to be in a playoff position this year? No, not at all. Um, maybe like more before the season started, I was like, oh, they. I mean, you heard, you heard me talking about Sean Payton. Like, I was kind of nervous. I was like, I don't know, Sean Payton. And um, you're like, but yeah, look at the roster. And then they start one and five. You're like, yep, yeah, you're right, Nathan. This team is just horrendous. I I don't want to be that guy. Do it. Be that guy. Is this like legit? Is this sustainable? Um, they they forced. I, so watching this, seeing clips of this uh, this game this last week. Browns fumbled it on a backup tight end quarterback sneak. Uh, and then they tried this some like double reverse thing, fumbled it, Broncos recovered it. And I just thought to myself, that has been literally the summary of this Broncos run. I feel like they've just had everything go their way. I mean, mm-hmm. they've forced 15 turnovers in the last four games. That That's not sustainable. No. The, the 85 Bears, I don't even know if it did that. I, you know what I mean? I don't even know if the 85 Bears forced that many turnovers. And Like, I think I, I don't want to take anything from the Broncos because Russ, I see like he's like 20 touchdowns, no picks in the red zone. I, I see this defense has allowed like, you know, since the Bron- the, the Dolphins game, they've allowed that mu- that many points as they did in that one. So like I see the improvement, I do, but like, the the ball is literally bouncing their way every time, and you know, you know, uh, yeah. Winning teams sometimes get lucky, right? I think if you win the Super Bowl, you've had luck go your way because that's kind of helped get you there. But as long uh, as well as that skill, but man, I mm-hmm. just I feel like no, I I think I think you're right. Kind of getting lucky, you but know. I think we got to look at the wild card teams already. And we don't know what a lot of these teams are. And that's why I think that you have to at least consider the Broncos. Let's look at the AFC wildcard teams. Right now, it's the Steelers. Have the Steelers completely transformed their offense with the absence of Matt Canada after he got fired? Or was that a fluke against a Bengals team that is having to play um, Jake Browning at quarterback? Doppelganger Joe Burrow. Yeah. The Browns, a team that is and 7-4, and has one of the best defenses in the league. But, oh, wait, Miles Garrett got hurt, and they're playing DTR and P.J. Walker and throwing the ball 50 times. Well, not DTR is hurt now, too. So it's DTR third is string. hurt now. So it's P.J. Walker, who I think is actually better than DTR, so I don't know if that hurts them. And then That's the fair. Colts are the seventh seed. Are the Colts good? We've not talked. No one's – zero people. Maybe Pat McAfee has talked about the Colts this year, but they are 6-5, and five, second in the South. And they're currently in the playoff team. They've you know, won I know three what? games in a row. You want me to tell you why nobody talks about the Colts? Because they have literally beaten not a single good team. Wait. Hey, I know Except you saw. For I know Ravens. you see week three. Yeah, Beat the Ravens. Okay. Yeah, so I since, said that. I said they've, oh, they've won three in a row. And then I said that. I was like, wait, I guess it has been the Panthers. Since week, since week three here. Uh, so uh, as of week three, they had also beat the Texans then. So as of week three, there were two and one. Since week three, these are the teams that they have beaten. The Titans, bad. The Panthers, literally the worst team in the league. The Patriots, the second worst team in the league. 
the Bucks, absolutely abysmal team as well. They got some fight in them though. They got some dog in them. And only the Panthers game did they win. They won the they won the Patriots game ten to six. Okay. Yes, it was in London. It was weird. Whatever. Still, like I I just don't. And they have Gardner Minshew at quarterback. But their their schedule is not that tough. I mean, they're gonna play the Titans again, who are bad. The Bengals with a backup quarterback. The Steelers, who the heck knows? I mean, the Steelers are probably pretty good. The Falcons, also bad, but somebody has to win the NFC South. The Raiders, again, not good. And the Texans. That Texans one could be for a wild card spot at the end, which would be a really fun flex to Sunday Night Football, I think. Yeah. But other than that, like, I'm, I think nobody's talking about the Colts because does anybody believe the Colts are going to do anything? They may limp into the playoffs, but they're going to get killed by whoever they play. I mean, if they play the Chiefs, they're going to get killed. I think if I think maybe they don't get killed if they play the Jacks. If they play the Dolphins, they're getting slaughtered. Jonathan Taylor's out multiple weeks. I don't Sorry, honestly you, don't know if that hurts them. You probably saw that reaction. Well, I, I mean, Cena's fantasy. I think he's kind of been going off. He's been know. getting north of 20 points. It's just difficult for me that, like, outside of the 49ers and Christian McCaffrey, it's just really hard for me to care whenever a running back's out. Because there's just always someone that can fill that. just feels like there's that. always someone that can fill in a gap. Yeah. So. But yeah, I, what, I, I, what's crazy I, is I was looking at these playoff teams, and I, as bad as the Chiefs have been playing this year, I'm like, Colts, not concerned about them. Browns. Not concerned. Steelers, not concerned. Dolphins, we beat them. Jags, and like it's going through those teams. It's like I'm not really even nervous, really, if we face that those teams. I think, I think Ravens make me a little nervous. Uh, and the Texans, like, there's just not as many teams to be like fearful Let's of this year. Get a rookie quarterback in the playoffs. Are the Broncos are the second team we're most concerned to play with in the in the playoffs? Like, yeah, probably. You know what I mean? They've already beat us. Like, yeah. I, the and the NFC's not really any different. Like if you're an Eagles fan, you could be like, ah, we've kind of skin of our teeth, haven't really played well the last couple of weeks. And we got the 49ers coming up. But 49ers, okay, maybe you're a little but you did beat them. I mean, yes, Brock Porter got hurt. Lions, I, the the Lions lose to bad teams sometimes. So I don't know. Nobody cares about the Falcons. Whoever this South team is losing their probably their playoff game. They're opening their home playoff game. They're probably going to get trounced. The Cowboys, maybe. Maybe you're scared of the Cowboys, but you know the Cowboys don't show up in big moments, so if you're an Eagles fan, I wouldn't really be scared of them. I'm not scared of the Seahawks, and I'm not scared of the Vikings either. And the Vikings, Packers, Rams, and Saints are the ones like on the cusp. But, I mean, the Saints are not going to make it in unless they win their division. So for the wild card spots, it's really between the Packers and the Rams and the Vikings, I think. Which that loss last night hurts the, just hurts the Vikings so much. You, losing does. to the Bears, Dobbs threw four picks. That looked rough, man. It that really, really does. So are, are you looking at that being like, yeah, it's the Packers now? Or the Rams? Like, both of those teams are one game below 500. Both of those teams I don't think are good at all. Yeah. Don't get me okay. wrong. They they might they would probably beat like the Falcons in a playoff game. The Cowboys 
the Cowboys are going to just have a track meet against the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. That's going to be insane. Well, here's the thing, though. If the Niners beat the Eagles this week, which the Eagles are, Niners are actually favored. Which uh, I think is dumb. I'd like to say I think that's stupid. That Cowboys have a chance to even the record when they play the Eagles. And then they just kind of... They just gotta beat them, and they could beat them, and then take take the the uh, the, the division. And I, I I need to look. I don't I'm trying to think. It would go to conference record if the head to heads tied. Correct. Um, is it conference or division first? I thought it was division record then conference record, but I could be wrong. Possibly, yeah. Cowboys three and one, Eagles three and zero. Oh, so that would potentially that tie them up if they win out every other game. So yeah, that'd, that'd get tricky, but Cowboys have a chance. Like they still have the ability to win this division, but they, yeah. You know, here's what here's it. what I'm not gonna do, and I've already said this. Here's what I'm not gonna do: believe in the Cowboys to win a big game until they prove me otherwise. So remember, I, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I do remember that, and still they're gonna possible. have to they're gonna have to win at least two big games in order to just get there. So yeah, we'll see. Because I, I don't think the wild card game is going to be a big game for them. Because I think they're going to be either either you're right and they get the. They Eagles. may want to get the five seed so they can play that NFC South team in the first. <laughs> the problem is they just never. They're so much better at home. So, well, yeah, you would definitely want home field advantage. But yeah, I I think any if you get the five seed in the NFC, you're dancing. You're like this is the best thing that's ever happened. Yeah, you know, we didn't win yeah. our division, but we got the ultimate consolation prize, and that's playing whoever won the dog water NFC South. Like the year the Chiefs put up 42 points on the Steelers, and we were like, that was actually better than a bye week. <laughs> yeah, was that, that two was, years ago? That was a lot of fun. That was <laughs> that was really fun. That was I Big Ben's last win. game. Yeah. He went out sad. I was at that game. That's it right. Was fun. It was very fun for That's me. That's awesome. And then we lost the NFC Championship game. The Eagles are lucky. Here, I'll change the subject. Wait, what? Yeah. All right, David. We gotta. We it's we're coming up on an hour. We gotta make some picks. Let's yeah, do we that. do. All right. Um, last week we made picks, which was not week twelve. It was week eleven. I went one and three. Um, because I chose to pick the Chargers, which is really stupid. I'm, I'm never doing that again. You should pick and them this week. You went five hundred. Shut up. You went five hundred. And so I'm got a two game lead on you during the season. Who's what's your favorite? Who you got? A lot of favorites to be thankful for here. I, I, I the the Jags keep winning. Um, as good or as bad as it looks. Uh, so I'm just I'll, I'll pick them. I'll ride with them. They're playing Monday night at home against the Bengals. Um, I. Maybe I mean this team maybe looks fine, but it's just weird that it's like they're eight and three and they just aren't they aren't flashy maybe is what it is, but man they just keep winning and they don't care what people think. That's, that's very true. Um, I'm going to do the Cowboys. I know I said I'm not going to believe in them to win a big game. The Seahawks week uh, thirteen is not a big game. They're I just the Seahawks are not playing well right now. The Cowboys are at home. I think the Cowboys win this game possibly by a few scores, and then people are like, oh, my gosh. Are the Cowboys actually the best team in the NFC? 
No, they're not. But sure. Say that. Go ahead. You have little faith. All right. Yeah. You have little evidence. <laughs> um, for my upset. Ugh. I mean, it's the upset pick for a reason, so it is kind of nasty, isn't it? It's disgusting. I'm going to do something silly. Uh, I'm going to take the Browns. Rams are favored by three and a half at home. Um, it just, if you don't think the Browns would win, I, they just, they usually win. And I, this, this might be that. So, um, the line honestly may be this big because uh, do we know Miles Garrett's status? I don't think so. Um, I don't even remember seeing what I'd know it was like first report. It was like shoulder, but I didn't actually see any. Let me look that up. Because obviously like that, that definitely impacts, um, the line. And maybe that's what the line is accounting for. People don't said the latest reports are he is day to day, but does not have any structural damage to his shoulder. So it looks like it's not serious, but it it may just depend on whether he can he can go or not. Got you. Okay. Um, for my upset, I'm going to take the Eagles. I'm mm. taking the Eagles over the Niners. I think that the Eagles players have been hearing from the Niners players since last year that. Well, if we were healthy, we would have actually beat y'all. I think that's going to light a fire under them. I think the Eagles are better than the Niners. I, I genuinely do. And so I um, I don't get why the Niners are favored on the road. I I like I, I would understand this line being a pick or even the Eagles favored by one. I think it's pretty disrespectful to favor the Niners by three on the road. When the Niners, it's not like, I mean, yes, they had a good week this past week against the Seahawks and the Bucks. And the, so they won three in a row, but I think people forget they lost three in a row right before that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going Eagles. I, uh, I'm not going to pick, I'm going to kind of go with a risky one. Um, give me CJ Stroud and the Texans. They're favored by three and a half against the uh, red hot Broncos. Um, I think this is a pretty risky pick. Um, are you is the three and a half line a little big for the Texans? You think or no? You think Vegas is still like yeah the Broncos are winning, but I think I think Vegas is thinking what you're thinking about the Broncos. Like there's no way they can keep getting this lucky for this long. So so we'll see. Yeah, it, surely right. They won't get five turnovers every single game for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem possible. I can see the Texans winning, but I don't think they cover. I think they're probably this is one of those games where they win by like three at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for mine, I'm gonna do a I, a game I want nowhere near a television that's even on remotely in the same hemisphere as me. I'm gonna be picking the Bucks over the Panthers. Um, yeah, the, I, the Panthers are terrible. They just fired their head coach. Their owner seems like a nitwit. Um, and yeah, he, I yelled, he yelled a not very nice word after the game. I heard. Yeah. I don't know if they win another game. Um, I don't. I sorry, Bryce. I, I feel for you, him, man. It's. I think you got drafted to the wrong team, and sometimes that's just the way it goes. And there's nothing you can do about it. But he's this just Panthers organization seems pretty garbage. So. Yeah. 
Uh, for my last pick, uh, I think it's a Lions get back game. They're favored by four on the road, playing in the Caesars Superdome. Um, they shouldn't have won. Uh, they shouldn't have lost that that game. Um, this Packers team looked like the Aaron Rodgers Packers team that we're used to watching. And maybe Jordan loves improving, or maybe the Lions just laid an egg. But or maybe it was the waxing gibbous. The waxing gibbous. Yeah, it could have been. But I, I think they get back. Get back right game. They're getting right back. There's no better team to do it against than the Saints. I don't. I mean, obviously, the, maybe the Panthers. But watching Derek Carr play football makes me sad. Which Whoa. is tough because, like, I know he's a good person. Like, I kind of like want him so badly to be good, but it's just like, dude, you're he's killing not. me. He's just not. Taysom Hill looks kind of fun. So there's that. But that's about it. If you didn't see Derek Carr rapping on the sideline, that didn't get you pumped up. Stop. Do not speak to me <laughs> about that. That's disrespectful. They were down a touchdown or something like that too, and he was just like, "Bye." He was vibing. Yeah, that's uh, well, he's got to do something, I guess. Um, I'm gonna break? take. I'm gonna take the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs over the Packers. Um, at Clash of the Titans, you know Jordan Love versus Patrick Mahomes. Hopefully, his mom has a closer seat this time. Jordan Love's mother um, doesn't have to sit in the furthest seat away from the field at Arrowhead Stadium um, because it's not in Arrowhead Stadium. This game is in Lambeau. Yeah. So Chiefs get favored by six and a half. I just, uh, this is just one of the, like, I feel like I'm going to say this every week, but like if the Chiefs are good, they're going to win this game and win it easily. So, but you're just, just like, that. what Chiefs team are we going to see? It's probably your exactly. concern. Yeah. But we we better just get the good one. That's my favorite kind. Is You think Taylor's there? It's a Sunday night. No. In Wisconsin? Uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, that's fair. Apparently there's think, a well, Swifties that think they have found her jet, her private jet, and they're just tracking where she's going. Isn't she, like, in the middle of her international tour and probably is, like, somewhere way far away from... Wisconsin. It's it's very possible. Also, is there a... Is there a... um, Is there a... Is there a... Airport in Green Bay? Was that rude? Is there? I don't don't know. I don't either. Well, I guess actually it looks like It's no KCI. It looks like maybe she's paused her tour and is going to restart it the new year. A lot of people do this around the holidays. Maybe that's what she's doing. Um, there is. Actually, they'd be very offended. It's the Austin Strabble International Airport in Green uh, it's Bay. only international because it flies to Ontario. There's no oh, other reason. That could be true. I was like, it is international, but that's, yeah. Um, that's funny. Anyway, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But maybe I'm, I was wrong about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey dating in the first place. So clearly my... Finger is not on the pulse of Taylor Swift's relationship slash travel plans. Yeah. So um, I could be wrong about that, but I think going to Lambo would be an odd choice. Yeah. She's got a lot to, you know, Kelsey's just under 300 away from 1,000 yards. Mahomes is potentially going to get 3,000 passing do you, yards. Do you so think that Travis Kelsey is going to get 300 receiving yards? No, I realized after I said that, like, 
it was expectations for Sunday night's game, but I just don't think he's going to get 258 rushing passing yards to get to. If Travis Kelsey has 258 receiving yards against the Packers, I'll buy you something off your Christmas list. The Chiefs are going to score a billion points. (laughs) Honestly, bro. (laughs) But here's the thing: if that's possible, you got six games left. He can get to a thousand again. I thought he. No, would, I was I, worried he wouldn't with the you know how it was going, but like I think he definitely could. He's got to average what less than fifty yards a game each of those games. I, I yeah, he, he needs two hundred and sixty-eight more rushing yards to get to a thousand. You saw rushing? that quick math, passing, sorry, hmm. receiving, catching. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, that was our picks. Um, We're literally at. 30 seconds over an hour, so that's probably... I blame that. I blame yeah, the well, time. I do have to... I said I was going to ask you a Christmas movie question, and so I'm going to ask you. Hit me with does, it. How does Sophie feel about, like, Hallmark, cheesy, like, rom-com Christmas movies? We have never once watched one. You've never okay. once even discussed watching one. Okay. Which makes well, me feel wonderful. Yeah. Well, that's good for you. Um, I, why, Nathan? I, why do, why do I, you ask? I very dearly... Very dearly love my girlfriend Alyssa so much, so so much, and she wanted to watch a movie. And honestly, I was fine with her picking like a cheesy Christmas rom com, um, like something like along the lines of I don't know if you've heard of the movie Holiday, um, but something like that, like a like a movie that's a little romantic comedy with definitely a strong Christmas edge. Like, kind of has a little bit of a dumb story, but happy go lucky or whatever. She picks a movie on Netflix called Christmas with a View. And when I tell you this movie had the budget of an allergy commercial, I mean it. It was some of the worst cinematography I've ever seen in my life. They reused the same stock footage of a man skiing down a slope like nine different times because it's clear they just didn't have the budget for more. The movie was definitely paid for in part or maybe entirely by Seasons Magazine, a magazine I didn't even know existed, um, because... Multiple characters mentioned it in the movie like it was being on the cover of Vogue is being on the cover of Seasons magazine. Mm-hmm. Vivica Fox is in this movie. Vivica Fox is famously in Kill Bill. Um, so it's not the ideal career trajectory for her. And I would say it's not her fault, maybe. I don't know. Uh, when, when This was one of the worst things I've ever laid eyes on. Um yeah, you, and you don't give up half star ratings often. So I don't. I really telling. don't. It's it's more rare for me to give a half star rating than a five star rating on a film, and this one was an instant half star. I've watched five minutes of this and knew it was a half star. The plot is incongruous. The acting is abysmal. It was just bad, and I just wondered if anybody else has seen this movie or shared in the pain. Um, and I I don't. My girlfriend had no idea. She thought she was just signing up for a cheesy like movie but this she said this one was especially bad like even if it was something kind of bad but like nah you know like there was a movie last year i don't even remember what it was it had Lindsay lohan in it it was not good at all but it was still like oh it's kind of fun Lindsay lohan's on this movie you know it's not Mm -hmm. bad and there's there's some jokes you can make about it and it's got the nice like feel-good ending this one didn't like obviously it had the nice feel-good ending but it was so bad that like both of us were stunned with how awful it was um and this is my punishment for making her watch The Matrix against her will when she was sick. So, Oh, did she not like it? Uh, no, I think she did, but she was like probably had a fever and was like clearly suffering from some ailments. 
And I that The Matrix isn't one of those movies that you can casually watch and maybe fall asleep to. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of got to pay attention. Yeah, if you're sick, you actually might be seeing stuff that the movie doesn't portray. Like, you're like, well, yeah. what is it? Yeah, I feel like she just... <laughs> It was not the vibe for that evening, and that's that is that is completely my fault. I also made her watch the killer, which I don't think she liked at all. But I think she was very polite and was like, "It was interesting." So Aww, that's so nice. Kind. She she's great. Um, but that was terrible. So if if you are scrolling through and you're looking for kind of a fun bad Christmas movie to watch, do not pick Christmas with a view because that's just a bad bad Christmas movie. Also, it's, yeah. The, the I don't they never really explained the with a view part. Did you just realize it's, that? You're like, it's wait not a, a movie. It's not a movie set in a skyscraper. I, I guess it's like she thinks that the guy that she's falling in love with is hot, or maybe they have a good view of like the slopes from the wintry resort that they both work at. But like, it, it, I don't get the view part. Mm. And if if you are focused on the view, half of the time the snowy background was clearly just bad green screen. So you yeah. can't name your movie after the view and then not even give me good nature shots. It's, it's yeah, this is just bad. I uh, speaking of bad shots of nature, I you aren't the only one that I watched cannot, that. I cannot wait for you to transition. This. You aren't the only one that watched a half star movie this week. David, please uh, share. And. Uh, I, I, I broke my own rule, and I think I've lowered this standard from when I first made the rule. But initially, I'm like, if I see a movie that's rated under three, I'm not watching it. Wow. I think since I've I've lowered it to like a two and a half, um, if I'm like really like okay, I want to I want to make sure like it's it's you know I enjoy this movie. This week, while at a uh, my grandma's grandma's house, the whole family was together for Thanksgiving. One night, I was like, you know what? I got like an hour and 20 minutes. Oh gosh. Let's find a short movie. Mm. Well, the first one I stumble upon that that was, you know, that short happened to be the newly released Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. Oh my gosh. I didn't even see that you watched this. How did I miss this? I don't know. I was like, I've kind of been curious to see what this movie is. Uh, I saw the 1.2 rating to over 20,000 people have given it a half star uh, rating and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. It's 84 minutes. I already know it's going to be bad, but I'm just going to watch it. Yeah, it was... I was right. It, it was bad. Um, I think my favorite part was uh, Winnie and uh, Piglet just having, you know, the oh, the God. masks, the, the whatever they had on. And then you can just see, like, normal human hands. Uh they didn't just care to, you know, do anything about the rest of the limbs. They just had like a mask on and stuff. Uh, yeah, it was bad. It, it was one of those like within five minutes, you know. Yeah, that was kind of the case for me. And um, it was an experience. Um, almost like I, like they might have filmed this on iMovie. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. Oh, that's good. No, that's that's really good. Um, what's funny is it's like very just poor uh, practical effects across the board because they don't have enough money for to not do that and then the only like CGI thing they have at one point they only use this like once which is 
criminal because it could have been a pretty cool thing. But like Winnie's getting teamed up on and Pooh's getting teamed up on. I don't know why I referred to him as Winnie. Um, <laughs> and like someone hits him in the back and he turns around and does like one of these waves like this. You know, he's mm. and then the bees just come around and they just attack this person uh, and, you know, help take care of him while Not he the bees. attacks this other person. Yeah. The only CGI thing in this. It was bad, man. It was just, it was just not good. So, and I'm sorry. Did you you watch this at your grandmother's house after Thanksgiving? Friday night. So it was the next day that night. I was kind of like in the mood. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Did you watch this alone, or was it you and Sophie that watched this together? No, Sophie was already like asleep, and I was like. I don't want to go to bed, so I'm going to find a movie. That, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want it to be two hours because then it's like I'm pushing 1 a.m. But if I can find a shorter movie, it's like 12, 15, and that's not as crazy, you know? So, so, uh, moral of the story is that just, just maybe watch the longer movie and stay up later. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the, the kills were like overly violent and this bad. Like, Piglet and Pooh like force one of the girls to on the ground, and then they Pooh like backs over her head with the car, and her head like explodes. I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, what what are we thinking here? This is just one of those like they could because of like the fair use and everything, and the Winnie the Pooh entered like the public domain, but nobody considered whether or not they should, and um, then they just. I mean, this movie does have a 1.2 rating. I think it's currently one of the uh, lowest reviewed films on Letterboxd. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the top reviews are unreleased this. I am now anti-public domain. <laughs> that made me laugh so hard, bro. Read that third one. This is the movie Diego Calvason is Epiphany at the End of Babylon. If Winnie the Pooh, <sighs> Blood and Honey was featured in that montage of Babylon, I would have, I would have knock the rating of that movie at least a full star <laughs> what's wild is i believe right now they're slating for a second one well i yeah the uh, the problem is that it's a terrible movie but like given its relative budget and stuff i think it's a like a financial success and it's it made 4.9 million dollars it's and making the, the budget was streaming. estimate a hundred thousand dollars yeah it's making money on streaming so they're they're going to man. What a cash cow! I just can't believe it. <laughs> One of my favorite reviews is "Elevated Horror" in parentheses. So bad it elevates other horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> good. Is that? Oh man! Um, and yeah, I, I'm sorry you had to, had to see that. That's nothing. That's not good. So when we talk about our 2023 movies, I already have my answer for worst movie of the year that I watched because it's it's hard to believe that. And you've will seen Shazam too. Yeah. So that's like saying something. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that'll be a fun. We could do that episode in like a month, a little less than a month. Oh, geez, it it is like Christmas. It is the end of November. Yeah, makes you sad, doesn't it? Yeah, that's crazy. I gotta watch some uh, more twenty twenty three movies then before that pod. Yeah, I've been trying to. I've been trying to, you know, steadily go to the movies a little bit more. You haven't even seen Napoleon. What are you doing? It's not out in our theater. I thought it, maybe it's just because it's more intense, but I thought it would be for sure. Um, which is too bad. 
that's not out. The holdovers isn't out in in our theaters. Um, it's so. okay. I haven't seen the Hunger Games movie. That every time I see somebody have a, like a positive review of it, which is quite a lot of people that I follow now, have pretty it's, good to great reviews about it. I for some reason am getting less and less excited. Um, surprisingly though, it is holding at a three point seven, which is pretty good. Ninety thousand people have rated it four, which I, I was just, even surprised. I didn't think it'd hold that high. I thought it would drop. But as a as a person who is a humongous, and I I mean this from the bottom of my heart, a humongous Hunger Games kid, read all the books, was there opening yeah. night to watch the movie, like was a seminal experience in my life. I do not give a darn about this prequel, and there is not a single. I don't care about a snow origin story where they are probably going to try to make him look like a good guy, even though I know he's going to be a fascist dictator. Yeah. Also, yeah, maybe in my head, I just read it as Cornelius every time. Coriolanus is the stupidest way to change a common name to make it your dystopian alternate universe name. Just name him Cornelius. No, you didn't have to do Corlanius, Coriolanus, or whatever the frick that is. That's so kind of sounds cool, though. It doesn't. Anyway, I think I think you will appreciate the individual performances of Viola Davis and Peter Dinklage, and even Tom Blythe, who is Snow. Oh, and you're gonna love Schwartzman. I forgot that he was he's Flickerman. Oh, he, that's he's true. in this. He is so funny. I mean, I mean, you know Jason Schwartzman because you love Wes, Wes Anderson, Anderson, but right. he has some really good one-liners that is a good comedic relief in the movie. David, here's a question I have, and I've heard okay. this, and it scares me. Does Is there a lot of singing? Does Rachel Zegler's character sing a lot? Is she out there breaking more, out the song? More than they're singing in The Hunger Games. Yeah, that's... See, that's not... If you can get through the first scene... For me, the first scene was a little cringe, but then once you get past that, like the scene takes place like in one of these like underground like bluegrass bars, and everybody's singing and dancing along, so it's like it feels more natural. Wait, does she have a southern accent in this movie? Yeah. Oh God. Hey, she's from District Twelve. Katniss didn't have a southern accent. Times have changed. This is sixty-four years early. Let me ask. Why am I like? I was like stuck in the accent for a second. I got to get out of that. We're already blown through the hour. This is the last question I'm going to ask you on this podcast, and then we can close it. Is there a stupid reference to characters from the original series in this movie? Like, I don't know if you remember if you've seen the Hobbit movies, but they make a reference to like one of the main characters of the Hobbit that's clearly not alive in this movie yet, or not supposed to be featured. They're like, "That's my son, Gimli." Is does somebody say the word Katniss in this movie? No. Um there's actually kind of they kind of do it in a cool way of they they hit it and quit it, but there are two So, so they don't do it. What do they do? No. Well, it's like they'll mention a name, and I've even forgotten the last name, but it's like obviously like lineage, and they'll announce like someone that is a mentor for someone from district and they'll say her full name. It's like, wait, I know that last name, but then they move along and mm. they're like, wait, I know that last name. Why do I know that? You know, um, so there there's... was a little bit, uh, what was Katniss's sister, little Prim. sister. They, they say like primrose at the end, they're like picking flowers and they're like, like primrose. It's a common flower here 
or something like that or and so that that is kind of more of like i guess that's like a less offensive way to like do it i just i don't know i'm still getting over the fact that like i just don't feel like i needed this movie you know yeah it definitely kind of felt like uh this is gonna make this is probably gonna make us some money so let's let's although this is she has written i'm well, trying to write this collins book. Yeah, this is her final book that she wrote. She's only written these four now, and so hopefully they don't continue to make them and go off, you know, what the sources say. So do you think that they're going to make another... You think The ending of this movie clearly sets up another one. Come on. Well, I mean, in that, like, now it's like... Well, I I don't want to spoil anything, but it's like, okay, he kind of turns and now we have 60 years between we see him next. So there's clearly going to be like, Ooh, what if we filled that time? I hope they don't. Cause then that's just off source material. They're, they're no longer on source material cause she's not written any more books. So I, right. it's the same director that did the original one. So hopefully it's like, Nope. Well, it's the same director done. that did the last three, right? He didn't do the first one cause the first one's somebody different. Oh yeah, you're right. Catching fire and then mocking Jay part one and two, which catching fire I think is actually the best one. Um, it's good yeah it was my favorite book too so it's really good that checks out i don't know so, yeah. i'm just not excited about it but maybe you know when maybe, it comes to the streaming you'll have to watch it yeah i don't think i'm 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 not gonna make the effort to catch i it actually might i think it's still in theaters even i know but there's some movies coming out in the near future that i'd much rather see than yeah that so that's fair it's fair all right, this podcast is too long, and that's my fault, and I will take full responsibility. Hey, I, I, I'll talk about Hunger Games anytime. Unison agree <laughs> that The Hunger Games is not as cool as Star Wars, and log off. Okay. Hey, you know, this has been What Do You Want to Watch? We've been previewing week 13 of the NFL season. We're about to hit December. Uh, football's getting real. And then, of course, like always, got to talk a little bit about movies. Really just kind of talk about how I just don't know if there's a supreme director uh, uh, that's, that's that's over Christopher Nolan and the work that he's been able to do, and, you know, including George Lucas and anybody else. So thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will talk to you all next week.